You're watching the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. All right, welcome back to episode 25. Wow, and Nick Cousins, something like that. Look, Mullet Arena, we have to make a Cousins joke. Why not? We're the South, we're just not that South. Anyway, Desert Moon Hockey <laughs> Podcast, I am Matt, this is Rich. I thought it was a lot funnier in my head. And uh, we got a pretty good show, all right? It's essentially, TLDR, even though today I had to deal with some stupidity at work and, like, people can't count or read or anything like that, I remembered I get to bully a politician, and I get to do it tonight, right now. So uh, we get to do that. We get to laugh at more uh, generic hockey fans. We get to cry a little bit. And then also, because I've trapped Richie, I put out a poll right before we started recording this. And I will uh, say what the question is and what the results are because they said it for two hours. So, uh oh, <laughs> I, I I have no clue what this is. I didn't check Twitter. I was in a meeting, so you caught me. <laughs> you caught me real good. I I do want to say, real quick, uh, for our audio listeners, can you explain to them what the hell that you're wearing right now? What is that monstrosity? Uh, monstrosity. This is this is beauty incarnate. So. <laughs> Uh, throughout the week, my wife uh, was at Ross. For some, it's always Marshalls. You get the good coyote stuff. Apparently yeah. Now it's Ross, so they had mm-hmm. uh, a, a coyotes like a red women's large. So she has that. Now she has the red and the white Helen coyote. She also had an extra large uh, women's, but it's a white jersey. And she's like, "Hey, maybe it'll fit you." I'm like, "Okay." You know, my wife bought me a jersey. Of course, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to wear it. On top of that, I don't care. I'll wear a women's jersey. That yeah. Joan jersey behind me. It was like 60 bucks. I wore that when I was still skinny. Yep. But the arms were so tight that I decided <laughs> to just cut the sleeves off, and this is literally a summer jersey. So it's basically like the full red oh neck. Like, you can see the armpit <laughs> hair going. You can just, like, there you go. And I, I went to a Pokemon tournament last night dressed in this, because this is now the official AZ Sports Guy jersey. You I need might, to. I might put in crayon AZ on the back, and then I'm gonna wear it to the mullet arena anytime you, I go. Oh my god! <laughs> you need to get the um the like the denim jean shorts, <laughs> and get some like cowboy boots, and then get some like pit vipers with a mullet, and just show up to the arena like that. <laughs> you know what? I, I will say it right here on this podcast. All right, right here. I will grow a mullet. By the end of this season, I will have a full mullet. And whether or not I'm forced to keep it, it's going to depend on whether or not we can hit 16 million subscribers. I believe in us. I'm never <laughs> going to have to keep that thing, thank you. But, uh, <laughs> so, I, it's funny. In middle school, I was a big fan of, like, wrestling and John Cena and, like, yeah. The Miz. So mm-hmm. I, would, I would wear, like, jorts to school. I would just yep. wear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, uh, I'll bring it back. I'll uh, I'll age myself here. I I was just started watching when they rebranded to WWE back when they were WWF. And then... The World Wildlife Foundation or whatever went after them and sued the crap out of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they changed to WWE. Um, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about that that jersey, but I will say you are a brave man for wearing it. That is... Uh, brave. That, that takes, that takes some, some cojones. As for the uh, the jerseys, real, real quick, I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but... I think that the uh, the Coyotes must have dumped a lot of women's jerseys. So, like, I know the way Ross is, works, why you can get, like, main brand clothing for cheap is, like, let's say I'm Nike, right? And I have a bunch of basketball shorts. And I'm like, yeah, nobody's going to buy these. Uh, we'll just cut our losses. And let's say the shorts were $6 to make. You sell them for 20 You know, 
Ross will come in and go, hey, we'll buy them at $8, so you're still making the profit off of that $6 it costs to make them, and then we'll go around and resell them for 10 to $12. So it kind of, everybody everybody wins, and I think the Coyotes did that with female jerseys because um, my wife went to Ross, and she found like three or four Coyotes jerseys for super cheap, all female, and I'm like, pick them up. Like, might as well. We have friends and family that come around, so, you know. I'm sure there'll always be girlfriends and friends who uh, are more than willing to uh, toss a jersey on and go to a game with us. Hey, and look, only fifteen bucks—you can't beat it. Like you literally couldn't. And yep. like, I, I, apparently, I, I didn't know I looked ridiculous. I thought I looked kind of hot, but uh, you know, <laughs> there you go. It's a cheap fifteen-dollar jersey. <laughs> well, if you if you uh, if you admire how hot Matt looks. I uh, implore you to stick around and, uh, you know, keep, uh, follow us and, and give us a like and a subscribe on all your listening platforms because, uh, man, uh, that look is going to probably be all year long next year. Uh, <laughs> so you might as well stay around now. I know that we had some things that we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. What, uh, there was, there's two big things that dropped on Twitter. And uh, which one would you like to talk about first? Uh, let's go with the third one. Let's go with jersey ads. I forgot to add that to oh, a little okay. table of content. So All right. uh, the jersey ads, it was a was it Upper Deck. It was for like sports cards. Like a bunch of the young kids were doing a photo yeah. shoot, and it leaked out Hill River Arena. Uh, or not, Hill River Hotels and Casinos, not Arena. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I don't know if I mentioned it last time. I want to mention it now. Uh I, I don't know, remember if you, like, we were, I was talking to you or talking to my wife. I called, I'm like, there's no way Healer River's going to stick with the naming rights on, on the arena. Yeah. There's no way because they have no business anymore, like, because they're nope. really big with the Coyotes. That's a really good relationship. Yeah. So, like, now it's Desert Diamond. So, I'm like, hey, that happened pretty quickly. That's their jersey sponsor. And my official stance, it's changed ever so slightly since they first approved it, but it's pretty much, I hate it. If it's on ice and on ice only, like with everything else, I'll just suck it up and get over it. But because mm-hmm. it's confirmed to come to retail jerseys, I despise that. It's going to make collecting kind of suck. And, I completely uh, agree. I, I'm not going to you know pay full price for a single jersey with an ad on it. Like nope. especially how oh you'll have the option two or two not. So it's what twenty bucks more to not have the ad. Like it's, I'm calling it. It will be something like that. Even if it takes a couple of years, if they do stick by their promise to have options, unless their options are the fanatics without the ads, then all Adidas are going to have the ads. Yeah. I'm going to call that at the arenas at least. That's going to be how it is. My personal opinion, but again, I'll, I'll just I'll get over it on the ice, not paying full price for it off the ice. At the very least, because I made the joke on, on the channel, I was actually going to wear that jersey, but I'll just. Uh, I made these little post-it note uh, advertisements. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> fake uh, uh, sponsorship, and I put it up here because that's how big they are allowed to be. At yeah. least, even though it's gross and I hate it, at least it's really thin. It's smaller. You're only going to tell when they do the close-ups. It's not, the I don't coyotes. Like it. Not yeah, for all the of them. Not yeah, for all of them. I, oh, my God. Some of, those, some of the ones have been discussing. So the Coyotes at least did it. I know it's because Basically. that's their biggest sponsor, so but mm-hmm. at least like I like how skinny their logo is. So at least right up there, it's kind of off. You can almost kind of ignore it. It might blend in with uh, the dark jersey, the white jersey. I have no idea. I haven't seen it yet. I have. It should blend in a little more at least, but it's still there. Corporate, you know, corporate logo. They're gonna want that front and center. At least it's not as big and gaudy and terrible as it could be. 
and I don't know if you saw this. Go ahead and do your opinion, and then respond to this. Do that format, but uh, okay. Uh, the the little the little worthless trades decided to make a little article about the Coyotes jersey and the Coyotes jersey specifically, saying how uh, how embarrassing it is for the league because the Coyotes are the only team worth talking about. Because the Capitals have like a sports book for theirs, but it's only disgusting when the Coyotes do it. I know the reasoning is because they think it's the Gila River Arena instead of Gila River Hotels and Casinos, but just yeah. it's funny. I want to it's, poke fun at that. I want to hear what you got to say about that, too. I, I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline, I'll be honest with you. Like like many Americans, I only read the headline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just didn't have the time. Usually I do read a lot of the articles um, that get put out about us. Um, the just laughably stupid. You want to talk about hot dogs? Just these absolute hot dogs on the internet. So the 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 raving joke is that they have an ad on the, their jersey that says Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Well, if you don't know, Gila River is an Indian community here in Arizona. It's uh, south of Phoenix. It, it's a very predominant area. I mean, that's where we ha- uh, they hosted the uh, Coyotes uh, draft party was at one of their uh, arenas, or sorry, not their arenas, one of their casinos, um, which was Wild Horse Pass. So, the Coyotes have been very supportive of, of the casino. Um, they they sponsored them once the Jobbing.com um, name change happened when they went from Phoenix to Arizona Coyotes. Uh, it's been a good sponsorship for them. Uh, they even created a room in one of their, their hotels that you can... Uh, you can stay the night in that's all coyotes themed it's really neat the really just absolutely mind-numbingly stupid stuff that is said on the internet just to like throw jabs at the coyotes so the the joke was that lol the arena kicked them out but they're also one of their main sponsors on their jersey lol lol this is one of the stupidest stupidest arguments I have ever heard in my life. The Nashville Predators, I believe, play in Bridgestone Arena. Bridgestone is a tire company, right? Bridgestone Tires. If the Nashville Predators had a jersey ad for Bridgestone and got kicked out of their arena, was it Bridgestone that kicked them out, or was it the owners of the goddamn arena? Ooh, he's getting but, mad. He said, gosh yeah, darn. I did. I did. <laughs> How stupid can you be that you see the the name of the arena and go, those are the owners. LOL, they kicked them out, but they're also sponsoring them on their jersey. Like, just how mind-numbing stupid can you be? I'll let you in a little secret. Because I'm sure the the contrarians are not smart enough to understand. <laughs> Gila River Arena was not owned by Gila River Native, uh, the Native community. It was owned by a different company. Once the Coyotes left, Gila River Resorts and Casinos also left. They didn't want to be a part of it. And it got changed to Desert Diamond Casino, which is a different... Um, tribe i believe desert diamond i think is i don't even want to try uh it's a different tribe uh that has a casino why are people just so 
so dumb. Just absolutely dumb. It's desperation. They, again, it comes to the, that's, I, I just, I want anyone that listens to us, stop arguing with these people and just laugh at them because they're obviously clearly so desperate for clicks and the only team that gets them are the Coyotes. I've heard Canadian fans, oh, the Coyotes don't get clicks for anything. And why is it anytime there's anything around the Coyotes, be it small news, big news, uh, good news with a negative slant, negative news with a more negative slant, why is it always pushed to the headlines, thrown out there immediately? Uh, what we're going to talk about in a second, you'll have a neutral tweet, and then the next day, try to go with a more negative slant because you want more clicks, because yep. only the Coyotes matter in this league. Yep. Because the thing is, if they were such a laughing sock, people wouldn't even pay them any mind. They would see yep. a headline, they would laugh and move on, but everyone is so desperate to try to dunk on them because we live rent-free. So just keep laughing at them, because I'm, I'm, I see some people get even more mad when you just laugh at them. So just do that, move on. These people are idiots. Don't be like us. We, we have to click on the articles. We have to read them. We cover this stuff. We also want to be like as neutral as we can be, but also we want to make fun of it. It's good content. Don't give them the ad revenue. Don't give them the clicks. Just if you see it, move on. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there was a there's another one. Uh, so before we get into the next article that you were talking about, there was another thing that I saw on Twitter, which was uh, somebody had rated. I think it was. Uh, oh God, it was a New Jersey Devils fan. It was the the brat opinion. I don't remember. Uh, oh, uh, something. Uh, that, that kid's kind of funny. I mean, yeah, he's no, like, he's he's great, yeah, and yeah. he he was telling some truth. Like, let me be clear: the, the underlying is very true. But he was he was ranking his opinions on on uh, fan bases that are funny and people that are just not funny, uh, mm-hmm. and he had a sub comment in there that was like, um, "Coyotes fans, you're the worst because y'all should be hilarious, but you're not. You aren't aren't funny or something like that, you know." Mm-hmm. And it, it is kind of true. Uh, I do believe that as well. I, I I feel like so many Coyotes fans have to be defensive, uh, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason that we're so defensive online. It's because we're literally fighting for our existence. It's it's one thing to be the Philadelphia Flyers, who are secured in their market, who are definitely going to be around in the NHL for a long time, and go, ha-ha, they suck right now, and uh, make fun of all their, their misfortunes. It's another thing when every single comment, not every single, but the vast majority of comments against Arizona is, why are they still there? Just move the team. That's not very ha-ha funny. And when so many Coyotes fans have to deal with that drama nonstop, we become extremely jaded and just super, super negative that, yeah, the, the ha-ha funny stuff, the, the ha-ha funny side like Matt and I, it, uh, you know, it, it disappears out of a lot of people. And, like, I was going to quote tweet that second part, not because, like, like, I felt offended, but because, like, I felt like I wanted to, to retort or add context. But I realized that as I was typing it up, I'm like, that literally just proves the point. So what I was going to say is, but when, like, when we have to hear the same joke over and over again, it gets yep. tiring. But, mm-hmm. like, that's literally why. Like, that's literally the thing he is saying. So I'm like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to try to refute it, but, like, I, I still couldn't if I tried. Because literally, like, I, I'll even look at Coyotes fans I'm cool with. And I see a lot of them getting a little overly defensive, a little overly personal, doing a couple, like, I wouldn't say harassment, but I'd say, like, a, you know, bordering on a little bit of a, of a personal attack. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I look at it like, just laugh at them. Just laugh at them. Make fun of their idea. Don't name call. Don't, like, make fun of them. Like, make fun of their idea. 
because the ideas and the things they're saying are stupid, make fun of that because you threw your idea out there and it's literally the the free market of whoever's going to look at it and, and agree with you or disagree. So, like, just have a little fun with it. But literally that was one of the biggest truths. I just sat there and I'm like, if I respond to that, I'm just I'm literally feeding into it. Like, I'm just proving the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up responding and I, I tried to be very non-cynical about it and give my best explanation of why it is true like it it is true i don't deny that one bit i do feel like a lot of coyote fans are very defensive on twitter but there's a reason for it they're fighting for their existence you know it's one thing to be from philly and you're not fighting for your existence if you're from philly you know you're fighting because you want to have a good time you know the coyotes are like we're on the front lines battling to keep our team here you know so it's been that way at least as long as i've been a fan so it's yeah. like, then, then again, also out of it, I got to laugh at a bunch of other people that were like, oh, you know, like they'll, they'll be gone in, in five years. They'll be playing somewhere else. I'm like, bro, like I haven't been hearing that since 2007. I know. And yep. like all that does is make them more mad. <laughs> yep. Yep. They were very close too. They were very close to be going to Portland. Was it Portland? I know. Yep. Yeah. You tell me about that, Portland. Mm hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know personally the insides, but I know that. Um, uh, Steve Peters on PHNX, who was the mm-hmm. video coach for 20 years. Like, internally, they said, start looking for houses in Portland. And it was very close for the team to end up in Portland. So it doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, that's why we're a battler. <laughs> we're battling. <laughs> we're the we're on a holy crusade to keep the team here, okay? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you can go ahead and say, oh, I'm snuffing my own farts. Say, you know, that that's fine. Huffing? I don't huffing. know what I just said. Anyway, huffing snuffing? Part, sorry. You're snuffing? snuffing? What? No, no. You're snuffing <laughs> them out, apparently? <laughs> you could say, I'm huffing my own farts here. But, like, I don't know how I'm as, like, non-serious about it. As I, I, You were around for the original, like, 2018, 2019 part, like, me running my channel. I was pretty cynical. I was, like, heavily critical and everything. Like, I had high expectations. I wanted the team to do well. But, like, I don't know how I became the optimist. Because, like, even in the face of, like, actual bad news, I'm like, eh. We got this. Hey, this is going our way. Hey, at least we can turn it around. When the hell did that happen? How the hell did that happen? It was the it was the literal and figurative notion of being locked in the closet. Because <laughs> if you guys don't know, Matt used to record out of his closet. I remember you, you one video you tried to, to come out of the closet and record outside of it, and you went, I don't like the audio out here, and you went back into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I remember, uh, I don't care what video it was, but, like, I remember one dude was like, this dude is literally in a closet. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Where, where else am I going to record? There was a, a nice little uh, little bookshelf or little shelving right there. I put my phone down on it. I had a little notebook, some yep. jerseys or whatever in the back, and I'm like, let's do this. Yep. It was great sound. It was, uh, it was soundproof to all, all perfection right there. The... Uh, Next article that we're going to talk about that came out sparked a little bit of controversy, but, you know, not enough to get any interest. And uh, so the next day it had to be re-sparked up with a little bit more cynicism. Would you uh, like to prelude to what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I would. So we have some hack, you know, wannabe journalists. I know Craig Morgan kind of like, like, Stuck up for him a little bit in the comments, like, oh, he's normally not this way, or, or normally not like that archetype, but like, he, he's a pretty hack journalist if you're gonna follow it up knowing your your article flopped or didn't do as well and try to respark it. But, uh, article comes out, hey, the Coyotes are reporting, you know, their season ticket numbers are up by 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, and the arena they're in, it should be 4,700. The article, I think it said, hadn't been finalized. This is like anywhere between the 5,000 and like 4,500. But everything yep. that I saw was finalized at 47. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I could admit that. But I mean, Gutierrez, like, the CEO, has said that multiple times. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's going to be the most truthful about the final numbers, it's probably going to be the CEO. Probably, be, like I, I would, I would hope because if he lied, I would assume that uh, the NHL could take any sort of like, even if it's a minor action against like lying for bad PR. Like I'm pretty sure that's a thing they're allowed to do. Probably. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth it. But um, yeah. so it's up fifty percent, and it's like the arena they're in is about a third the size. Because I remember my dad saying it was like sixteen five, apparently like seventeen with with standing room. It's like seventeen one twenty five at Gila River. So it's mm-hmm. literally about a third the size. Season ticket sales are up fifty percent. Yeah, hear the lame jokes. Oh, so it's it was you know four, now it's six, whatever, haha. But it's like it, it shows immediately to me. You read that, regardless of the situation, regardless of how we got here, the market demand is being met because these prices, everyone has been knocking on them for a while. And look, I'll fully admit, I'm looking at single game prices. I can't afford them. Like uh, two hundred and twenty or one hundred ninety between there was the lowest I found, and then my mother in law was going to buy tickets to a Calgary game for uh, my brother for my brother in law, and there's like seventy dollars in fees, thirty dollars to park. Like it's it's expensive. We all knew it was going to be because the season ticket numbers were expensive, and that's a discounted rate. So I yep. can't even afford to go unless my wife gets student tickets. Thank thankfully she's a student. Yeah. All right. So I, I can fully understand like that it's expensive. But the fact that the market demand is not only there, the market is actually responding and buying them, and the numbers are going up despite the fact that I've at least seen probably a few dozen season ticket holders saying that they can't afford it from the start of these price of these prices being released. Let's just say that I'm not reading everyone or not everyone's speaking up. Let's just yeah. triple that. You've probably lost hundreds of people that would have been season ticket holders, and I, yeah, the I agree numbers with that. are still up. Like that. To me, there is no negative spin. There is just, okay, so what we've been saying for years, you go to the East Valley, where the money is at, where the bulk well, of the market lower, you know, lower demand bowl, is there. The lower bowl season ticket holders are too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Literally, like, you go there. That's like business 101. Hey, we want to, you know, we have, we have a market we want to hit. Where's the best place we can go serve that market? Right there. And immediately, yep. not only have we had all those sections for season tickets sell out, the most expensive ones went first, yada, yada. Of course, you had the joke of corporations are going to buy them up and give them away for free, which corpos only do like certain tax write-off stuff, but you're not going to be buying up $300 tickets in bulk and giving them away. That that wouldn't even make sense for a big corporation. I, I'm, I'm well, sorry. Well, they they do do that, but at the same time, what does it matter? The money's being paid. True. Like, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense to me for them to do that, like, for this specifically, because if you do it in, like, a basketball game of full arena, it makes more sense that you can buy, like, almost an entire section in the upper bowl, give it away. That's a huge tax write-off and better PR and whatnot, the, just a few tickets here. So I, yeah. just, I don't see the trade-off making sense, but corporations will buy some of them. I'm not going to deny that. Like, all yeah. of this combined... It's still, the revenues are going up. Like they said, the statistical likelihood we could reach anywhere near profitability is higher than pretty much it's ever been, considering the market, considering everything surrounding this team. And remember, they were bottom two in the league last year. They were awful. They were winless for the first, what was it, month and a half? The first, you know, 13 or 11 games, whatever it was. Like They literally were terrible. 
And yep. they still expect to sell out. They're on track to sell out. They've sold out almost all their available season tickets. And even with these terribly high prices, which, again, I completely understand for people that are poor, people like me, I completely level with you. And they still are having the numbers go up. I don't see how there's a negative slant there. Except for how come they didn't build in the East Valley sooner? How come they didn't go to the East Valley sooner? Why were they even messing around with Glendale? Oh, Glendale was the problem. The location was the bulk of the problem. I, do, I, don't, I don't get how you can slant that. Richie, I think I've done enough context and, and groundwork for you. What happened the next day? <laughs> so, next day... Uh... The, the reporter that we're talking about, I, I should give some context here, is, is Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. I, I do actually respect him quite a bit. <laughs> I know you like to, to spark up the dramas, <laughs> but um, I, I, do, I do respect him a bit um, for his national coverage. But, you know, he, 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 uh, he gives out a pretty positive light to the Coyotes. Probably doesn't get enough clicks for ESPN's like. So, next day he spins it and re, relinks the article with... Uh, a, a much different look on the uh, the tweet, more more of a um, a cynical side to it. I actually can't remember off the top of my head exactly what he said. I'm actually going to try to pull it up real quick. But it essentially, it was something kind of along the lines of like, "Why are the Coyotes making this much money?" Like almost cynical. About. Off, off the top of my head, it was, oh, they say the season ticket numbers are up 50%, but they're in an arena of one-third the size. And I saw that parroted a few times. So, like, that's, like, the paraphrase. He's going to get the exact quote, but that's kind of the hell of the slant was. Where it's literally, like, they're trying to communicate with that headline, oh, this doesn't add up, or there, there could be some dishonesty here. That's what it's supposed to make you think when you're reading it. And it's supposed to feed into the negative slant because, yeah, there were the jokes, there were the, the negativity in the previous tweet from the previous day, which people are going to have their opinion. That's your opinion. I can make fun of you. You can still have it. But here we you know, go. You got the tweet? Go ahead. Yep. So the Arizona Coyotes claim their season ticket revenue has grown 50% since leaving the 17,000-seat NHL arena for a 5,000-seat one on a college campus shrug emoji. Literally, like, feeding into that negativity and... It, Again, you know what? Instead of me re-explaining it, Richie, you're the normal person. You read that. What is that the headline trying to make you feel? What is it trying to tell you? To me, it's it sounds very insulting. Now, you could read the silver lining and going like, oh, maybe he's just being like the devil's advocate. Like, oh, he's talking to about, you know, look, everybody. They are being successful. They're up 50%, you know, and... Like he's trying to be the devil's advocate, but to me it sounds like a jab for some reason. Like, why would you put like the preface it on seventeen thousand seat arena, NHL arena for a college campus? Like, it just seems very cynical to me. And also, if anything, once again, call me the optimist. Whatever. How can you read that and like not immediately think? So they're making more at a college arena than the NHL arena. What was what was wrong with the last arena? Like, what was what were the issues there? That's what it should like lead you. Like, but again, I'm the internal like the the uh, eternal optimist. I've noted how I, I host a podcast and I'm I'm an idiot, but uh, you know that's what it says to me. But I also, if I read it as a regular person, I know it's written in a way to like make you. Oh, is there some? Is there? 
something going on here? Is there something sus? Is there, you know, maybe a couple couple of fibs being told? You know, the yeah. story don't add up, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, really quickly wanted to do some numbers here, so I pull I, I pulled up my calculator. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to do some comparables for the math and why the Coyotes are saying that they're pretty close with revenue and why they think that it'll be as re- as profitable, if not slightly more profitable, at the uh, College Arena, and why their season ticket prices have increased or why their season ticket revenue has increased. Um. So just to quickly do some quick maths here, uh, I I ran I ran the numbers, okay, and here's here's my my basic numbers. Uh, my first calculation was let's figure out how many seats are sold uh, between the NHL arena and the College arena. So last year they averaged about ten thousand in attendance, I believe, if my memory serves me. It was just under eleven, just under. Okay. <laughs> So for this this one, I just did ten thousand. I can redo the maths if if need be, but uh, I did ten thousand times forty one, which is forty one home games. Right, that's how many how many home games you'll have. That's roughly about four hundred and ten thousand seats they sold last year. Roughly, I mean it's probably more because, like you said, the attendance was a little bit higher. Okay, of that four hundred ten thousand seats sold, I did J. Pretty generous number of seventy dollars per ticket. I think it was lower than that. I want to say it was like sixty. I got for twenty five each in the upper bowl. Yeah, the lower I, bowl tickets were comparable to like lo- still lesser than everywhere else in the league mm-hmm. for like the majority of the games, majority of the season. Just I'm, I'm just trying to you know help you out with more like additional context. Yeah, so I did an average of seventy dollars a ticket, um, which I believe is roughly. It's probably a little bit lower. That comes out to a revenue of roughly, you know, gross of uh, $28,700,000, okay? Now we look at the comparable in the college arena. So we have 4,700 seats, which is what they're they're going for, uh, times 41 games, uh, how many home games? That's 192,700 seats sold, projected next year. At that number times what is the average ticket price of $150 per ticket, the math comes out to $28,905,000. So roughly, these are rough numbers. The gross is almost identical. The difference is, is that they would make 200000 extra with these numbers uh, in dollars. But the other thing is is that your upkeep is even less. Because remember, you don't have two bowls. You don't need as much staffing. You, it's a newer building, so the temperature is going to be insulated better. Newer piping, newer technology to keep all this stuff going. Like, yeah, I really do believe they're probably going to make more money at this arena than they would have if they stayed in Glendale dealing with a half, half full barn. Here's the other thing, too. Sorry, I'm, I know I'm, I'm monologuing here quite a bit. I'll uh, let you get in right after this. Another thing, too, I, I tweeted this out. I'm pounding my fist down, and I'm going to keep saying this. I know that the NHL Players Association isn't happy about a college arena, an NHL team playing in a college arena. I think that a lot of NHL players, when they come in as away teams, are going to be a little bit more surprised when you go from playing in a half-full stadium in Glendale that's extremely quiet, 
I, I went to 20 of those games. I can tell you, if it wasn't like an original six team, games are pretty quiet. They're very mellow because that's just the way it is. When you have a half full barn, the the atmosphere is just different. It it just is. When you're in a full barn, it's way more exciting. Um, when you're going to go from a half full stadium to a smaller venue that is going to be packed and is going to be loud. It's going to be next to campus. So you're going to have rowdy college students there. You're going to have at least 400, 400 students that are going to be sitting there rallying like they do in college. Like, I think it's going to be a better experience. I think players are going to realize that right now, as of where it is, as long as the revenues are identical, comparable, right, building to building, the smaller building is going to be the more fun to place, more fun place to play. Mm-hmm. And, like, my favorite thing is just to try to address a couple small arguments. Uh, the same idiots are still there. Oh, well, college kids can't afford those prices. The student section's a thing. And uh, I think in one of the articles they confirmed prices will range between 25 and $50. I'm assuming it's, as you get closer it's more expensive or for, like, more, you know, expensive games. Uh, ASU, I don't know if you know this. Uh, a lot of uh, rich kids go there as well, meaning yep. even the you know twenty five dollars anyone can afford. But even if it went up to let's just say about seventy five a ticket, which it's not, you know, as long as these numbers that they confirmed are accurate and they aren't like you know just fluffing us, uh, literally, I, they, kids are going to be in there. They're going to be rowdy. That one little like rookie practice, rookie game that I went to, that's in Scottsdale, so not quite Tempe, but it's closer over there. Literally had some rowdy, you know, college kids over on the glass. Every time Logan Cooley touched the puck, we talked about it. Around then, like, they're all screaming. It's going to be a great atmosphere. And, like, I'm going to kind of miss the one in Glendale because growing up there, like, I'm, I I would say I probably have more of, like, a chill uh, personality. So it's like I, I kind of like things being a little more mellow. But the problem is I can have my own personal, oh, I valued this, I liked this, it was cool, and also recognize for a sports building that's not what you want. For a sports building, you want electric. And, like, the playoff mm-hmm. games, there's a reason they stick out to me. There's a reason those whiteouts, like, just looking around and seeing the energy, like, feeling the energy and seeing the excitement, seeing everything, there's yep. a reason that sticks out so much was because even if I didn't realize it because, again, my personality is a little different, like, that is objectively better. And you yep. can't tell me that didn't help. If the Coyotes were struggling a little bit, that didn't help to rally them a bit. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. And that's why, like, you have so many teams that love their fan bases. They're like, hey, we have the greatest fans out there because, like, they'll fill that bar and it'll be packed. It'll be loud. Say what you want about Vegas. I, I sure say a lot of things about Vegas. But uh, their bar gets loud, and it's always filled. I know they've always had a good team except for last year, but it's always filled. It's always, There's passionate hockey fans there. It's like, yep. I can't wait till. No matter what, you're going to see that over here in, the, in ASU. And then another one, oh, these numbers aren't sustainable. Even a big YouTuber, I consider him an acquaintance, but I'm going to keep the name out because I don't want to actually like look like I'm throwing shade. But it's a really big, mostly like football YouTuber. It's like, oh, no, it's not sustainable. Let's do some basic math. It's a three- to four-year contract while an arena is being built. Yep. Yes, like I said from the start, I will reiterate one more time here. I'll do it a hundred times if I have to. If this was their solution, like, ah, we, we don't need the new arena. We're just going to go play at ASU. I would agree it's an embarrassment. I would agree people's heads need to roll. People need yep. to be fired. The team needs to relocate if that's the best you got. I would be on your side 110%. But this was literally, we're going to 
go off to college for a few years while we're saving up for that house. It's literally yep. what they're doing right now. Like, so I just, oh, it's not sustainable. It's not meant to be. Yep. But the fact that they're going to be bringing in similar revenues off less than half of total tickets from, you know, the 400K to just under 200K, and that's, again, just rough numbers, you cannot look at that and try to slant it negatively because they're literally making about the same, projected, projected yep. to make about the same in an arena a third the size. What are you, are you like? And the money's coming in. <laughs> yeah, and for people who say that it's not sustainable, you're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Like, demand always, like, your your cost to demand always goes up. Like, when you have less of something, the cost will always go up. That's just economics 101. And, like, if you're sitting there going, okay, but yeah, this team sucks, and people are going to get sick of t- paying these prices, and they're going to quit... Uh, paying them, I'll let you know a little secret. People have a lot more money than they do cents. All right, I'll let you let you in a little another secret here. You know, I I I don't hide the fact that I'm a partial season ticket holder. Okay, I'm not full season. I can't. I I just don't have the time with the way I work. I just don't have the time. But with that being said, the reason why I'm a half season ticket holder with my father and my wife. Is because it's the only time that I can physically put down on my work and go, this is time that I want to dedicate to spending time with my dad. My dad ain't getting any younger, okay? I think he's in his 60s? Almost almost 70s? I don't know. It's been... I, I don't even know what his, what his age is. But he's getting old, okay? I know that I need to spend time with him. I just don't ha- like when I get off of work, I'm like, I'm not going to drive over to his house and spend time with him. But this allows me to dedicate time to going and spending time with my dad, doing something in a common interest that we enjoy. I'm going to keep paying those prices because I enjoy it. I don't care if the team sucks. I got to watch Trevor Zegris go pull off a of freaking Michigan. How many other of you can say that? I got to watch Nick Smaltz put up seven points. How many other of you can say that? Right? <laughs> you can too, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying this not because I'm trying to insult people, like insult people's intelligence, but there will always be people that are going to go spend that money even on a losing product for the time being because I get to go watch and have fun time with my family and spend time with them. That is what I'm trying to say. That is the most important thing to me. And I don't care if there's a winning product. Uh, we've been doing... I don't even remember. We we were season ticket holders for... Um, goodness gracious. It was... Okay, so we, we started with America West Arena. We started, I think, one year before um, they moved out. We were started our season tickets. Uh, previously, we were just game to game before that time. Because I was really young. This was like... I was like less than four years old, right? Or whatever. Um... After that, we they moved out to Glendale, and my my dad and I we made that journey out there for a, a long time, a very very long time. And this was before Glendale was even had anything relevant out there. It was just a building, and then the mothership sitting next to it. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, it, it like we've been there. We've been there when there was like three to four thousand people sitting in the seats, and we were wondering if the team was going to be moved to to uh, Winnipeg, or not Winnipeg, but um, Manitoba, I think it was, or whatever. The Blackberry guy 
tried to to buy the well, team. Wasn't that Hamilton? Hamilton Maybe Hamilton. Ontario? I don't. Somewhere, like, somewhere in the, Hamilton, like Bulldogs or something. Yeah, somewhere in that area. I I just remember the BlackBerry guy was trying to buy the team, and when that was going on, nobody was going except for like maybe two, three thousand people. We've been there for the better or worse, all right? So I'll let you in a little secret. If we haven't given up since then, we're not going to give up now that we get to go spend time in ASU in a rowdy arena when our drive went from an hour per day, you know, there, just there, to like less than 20 minutes. Literally, our drive is less than 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that all day of the week. And on top of that, like, I personally, mainly because, like, the YouTube thing, I, I prefer to just watch it at home because that's, like, I, I don't have to wear pants. I can get my own food, and it's cheaper. <laughs> Booze is cheaper. You can wear <laughs> your shirtless jerseys shirtless or your sleeveless jerseys. jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, take my notes, get right, you know, if I have to go to work the next day, and I'll get right on a recording. But it's, like, but the games I get to go to, like, for Doan's retirement, I, I found a way to buy that ticket. I, I think I, mm-hmm. I I think that was when I was uh, working at like Village Inn or something. Like I, I was not working a good job, and I was like, I'm going to find a way to go to that because that's an experience. And as much as I possibly can, when it comes to like being able to afford it, uh, just kind of being free that night because sometimes you know you get busy. But it's like every time I can, it's still fun to go. That's why for the most part I was like vlogging everything. It's like the experience is worth it for a lot of people. And just for another smaller example, side tangent, because you know I'm I'm a freaking loser. Uh, this is a fifteen dollar like lob blue eyes. I'm never gonna put this into a deck because like I'm like I, I just wanted to have it. This is a Charizard I can't use anymore because it rotated out. Just because the artwork was cool, people will spend money on things just because they want to experience it. They yep. want to have it in a collection, like a lot of these jerseys. You know, it's. People do it for different reasons, and if that's something that you're down with, like, hey, you like going to all of the games, and you're willing to pay the prices because that's worth it to you, it's like, yeah, I do agree, like, the prices are high, but that's just kind of a necessary evil right now. I don't blame people that are willing to pay them. I know this is a huge side tangent. I know I had to find another way to be a loser and put some dragons on screen, uh, but that's just that's how it goes on the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast, I suppose. Please, please stand up. Please clap. Oh, <laughs> they go Slifer and, and Spanish Red Eyes. Thank you. Um, the- but it's literally useless. I cannot use it in a tournament. I was still like, I'll trade a rainbow card that I'm not going to use for this because it's cool. It's a dragon. Go over there. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, as for the people who say that it's not sustainable, uh, there's a reason why their their revenues are up. It's because the vast majority of their lower bowl season ticket holders are on that side of town. That's just the truth. Uh, you know, Glendale is more of a blue-collar working place. It's, you know, a lot more construction, physical labor type stuff. The Chandler, Scottsdale, Tempe area, it's all white-collar. You're talking about people who make six-figure incomes consistent, consistently on that side of town. That's the reason why they can afford those. And, you know, it's the sad truth. I, I don't I hate to do it to my Glendale brethren over there. But, you know, it's it, it it's just the truth. There is more money on that side of the town. And that's why you see these sales going up, because people are willing to go watch garbage hockey. They're not willing to waste an hour of their time, you know, driving each way to go watch garbage hockey. <laughs> yeah. Like. I think I I I, I, I don't want to mess up these numbers, but I'm gonna try to assess. Uh, 
I think it was Craig Morgan who said that 75% of their lower bowl season ticket holders are on the east side of town. I think it's 75%. That is astronomical. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just to kind of try to get one more like smaller translation here. So like that $15, you know, card that I bought that I just wanted to have for the collection. All right. To me, $15, not that big of a sacrifice, not that big of a cost. And I'm I, I'm not making a lot of money. I I, I went to part time via because I wanted more time for YouTube. I I'd be lucky if I made twenty thousand in a year. If someone's making hundred and twenty five k, that is probably the equivalent of like spending fifty bucks. Like honestly, like to us. So it's like, well, yeah, more I mean, money what... than sense. Varying values to different people. Different people value things differently. To me, right now, a hundred bucks, kind of a lot of money. To someone making 125k, that's probably 10 bucks. <laughs> yep, yep, very true, very true. I mean, so well, was it like ten, stay here? Was it ten thousand dollars, right, for a ticket for a season ticket? Oh yeah, no, like it, a was, seat. it was stupid. Like yeah, one yeah, seat so, for the season. Okay, so like incomparable. Like let's say you make twenty thousand dollars a year, that's half your income. To somebody who makes one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, that's less than a tenth of their income, right? Just to give comparables of how drastically different those numbers are. So it's like that's why, again, like this wouldn't work. Like if if, if ASU, like their West Campus, that's where the the building was, it wouldn't work because it's still too far away. Even though it's a little closer, it's still too far away. Still in more of like a blue collar area, it just would not work. It works because it's in the East Valley. And it's like, yeah, this went from like d- like dogging on it and like joking around and like getting some frustrations out to at least, in my opinion, trying to provide as much context as possible and trying to just explain it and trying to, like, lack of a better term, educate, even though I'm probably the biggest idiot on, on the podcasting network that we're not on. But, like, uh, at the very least, I hope this, like, gives some sort of value and, like, puts it into some context because, like, we can make fun of it, we can be mad, we can be frustrated, but at the end of the day... You don't convince people by, you know, calling them idiots. You you convince people by actually trying to explain it to the best of your ability and, like, actually be willing to see both sides. Like, yeah, I understand it's expensive, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's only 4,700 seats. It's like if, if 11,000 people want to go, there's literally less than half of that number that are available. Yep. Supply, demand, markets, free market capitalism, lull. It's kind of all, all you get. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, don't be surprised if you see the next three years, it's going to be consistently like this. Sorry to, for the contrarians to hate on it, but, I mean, I don't see my, my opinions changing unless there's some real, like, gross negligence on the Coyotes' end for whatever reason. I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't really know what would cause me to not support the team. And, like, it would have to be, like, a complete and utter, like, uh, like blizzard style you know implosion within the corporation the corporation i don't know if if you don't know who blizzard is they produced world of warcraft and they're a big game company and they are imploding within because of uh allegations of i think it's sexual assault and sexual abuse so yeah gotta love when big corpos just try to cover that stuff up yeah. I have no problem using using our podcast, it's a hockey podcast, to be like, hey, covering up sexual assault is bad. 
Chicago yep. Blackhawks. Anyway, uh, speaking of gross negligence, speaking of just terrible gross negligence, I hope I'm using the word right, uh, we have a representative in Tempe. <laughs> yes, yes we do. So I uh, believe it is Did her... you read the article? Like... I read a little bit of it. I didn't have time because of um, I was in the middle of working. Um, but I did I did open it and read, I think, like a, a paragraph or a paragraph and a half. But uh, it's the funniest some, thing. <laughs> uh, a chairman for the city of Tempe wrote an op-ed at AZ Central uh, talking about how the deal with the Arizona Coyotes in Tempe is a uh, not good and should be not done, pretty much. Uh, she's one of the... One of the chairmen who voted against it when they wanted to continue on with the deal. Um, also, I don't know if this is legal, but she was also talking about how like the deal has stalled with Tempe. Like, are you allowed to publicly state that if you're a, well, if you're a part of the theoretically because she would be considered a, a civil servant and it would be like in the public's interest i think there is some sort of wiggle room there but okay. i can also equally see how there wouldn't be like it's it's really like in my mind from my limited understanding politics are fun as a meme but like i don't truly understand every single bit of minutia mm-hmm. again hope i'm using that word right but uh it's, yeah, there has to be some right. sort of wiggle room or gray area because it's like an op-ed Public but serving. if it's yeah. stalled and you're using that language specifically and they're from what the coyotes were saying at that meeting we already know how the deal is going to work uh they want like the property tax still gets collected again this is just from what i understood of the explanation when i was there property mm-hmm. tax gets collected but either all of it or most of it would then just get rerouted to paying for this building and it in my mind makes sense because without the, you know, them buying it, they wouldn't be getting property tax in the land, and it's just there to help pay for all of it, so that way none of it goes on the actual taxpayers, because that would still be the coyotes themselves, like, paying into yeah. property tax, but that would just be rerouted. That's I, I could, from my understanding. I could be wrong, but it's not even paying for it. It's for the upkeep of it. So, like, the importance of, like, a building. Let's, let's say you take on a project, you... You know, it's a building that you're going to be in for 30 years, right? Well, by the end of that 30 years, this building's usually worn out, run down, old, out of date, piece of crap. That's why, like, people will say historically, like, arenas don't make money, they'll never make money uh, because when you spend $500 million on a building and then it never makes that amount back in tax revenues, uh, on top of that, you're also having to pay for demoing it, repairing it, whatever you need to do after that 30 years. Uh, The goal of the tax is to essentially keep it upkeep so that after 30 years, if the Coyotes choose to relocate or go to somewhere else, um, after those 30 years, that building isn't just going to be a worn-down, out-of-date piece of crap. Uh, The tax money would go into updating it, keeping it clean, making it look better, doing renovations, whatever. Uh, So it's like, just from what I understand, it's just supposed to be like self... I forget what the term is, but essentially it's all supposed to keep itself going. That's just from how I understand it. Same yeah. thing with like the additional tax they want to put on it. So everything you buy there at the at the hotel, anything you buy there at the arena, your ticket price, every single thing will have that additional fee. And they want, again, I think it's a significant portion of that to, again, be rerouted to help pay for all the project. But again, 
that should also, from how I understand it, be separate from the actual like standard sales tax. So the state, county, and city should all still get their slice there. I understand mm-hmm. the basic argument for like, oh, but they're not going to be getting as much, they're not going to be seeing as much, but the coyotes are still paying for all of this, except for what they asked for up front, honestly, with the, the renovations, right? So yeah. it's like, again... Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, because a lot of this politics stuff, like I, 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 I now know why people go into college for it. But it's yeah. it's layman's like it's literally kind of just feeding into itself, and it in no way, shape, or form should be actually meaningfully impacting any taxpayer because it's just whatever is in this system, not outside of it, not from the residents, not from yeah, their property a, tax, nothing like that. Yeah, it's a closed loop system, is what you're looking for. Um, so, loop, thank you. yeah, so it's a closed loop system, meaning that none of your money is going to go towards it if you're a resident of Tempe. And guess what? If the building wasn't there, it wouldn't be making money anyways because it's a landfill. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the implications is that would you rather have landfill where they throw the Phoenix Zoo poop from the the animals in? <laughs> Or would you rather have a, you know, multi-billion-dollar project sitting on the lake that is not a lake yet, uh, you know, do, making money, passive money? That you know, that's the that's the idea. Jobs. I think that there is an like argument to be made where it's like, hey, maybe not a significant portion should go back to this. That way, more money still going to the to the city of Tempe in tax revenue. I completely understand that. I hope throughout negotiations more money can go throughout Tempe, so that way, again, there's more of an actual reason to do so, because how this theoretically should work is Tempe benefits relatively little, like, in the grand scheme. They're still getting, again, that tax money from, like, shopping there and whatnot, but they're benefiting, you know, relatively little with, like, property tax and whatnot, so it's like, give them a little more to benefit from, put a little bit more into the community, stuff like that. Completely understand that. I hope that does happen. All right, but if they have stalled out, I do kind of want to touch base on that a little bit later because it feeds into a uh, thought process I have that actually does bring me a legitimate concern. But for this article, I just want to get back to the the piece itself. Yeah. It's laughable. Like I was gonna, I was going to, I still might do a video like breaking it down, but I was gonna make a video making fun of it, and I'm like, I, I quote tweeted like, look, I, that feels like punching down. It is hilariously terribly written. Because, like, oh, you know, she's asking the, the real questions. You know, another person, uh, I think it was the AZ Central producer or editor that, that retweeted it. It's like, oh, she's asking the real questions. What questions? It was literally the same question of, oh, do you want to reward the behavior with Glendale? Just asked, I think, two different ways. But other than that, it was just really passive-aggressive, snide remarks. It was very uh, charged language. It was like, oh, the irresponsible... Paraphrase, because I don't have the article in front of me. All paraphrase. It was like, they're irresponsible behavior, or like, they're bad faith actors. Like, all of that, literally in a way to like, hey, they're bad guy. The Morello, bad guy. Neutral on him. He might be a bit of a bad guy. I don't know. But, you know, Morello, bad guy. Coyote's bad guy. It's, it's, it's trying to make you, like... Feel that once again, it's just manipulative writing. Yeah, Vill- Villeneuve. It feels like a fourth, you know, a fourth grader wrote it, and like again, it felt like punching down. So it's like it's. I don't know how. I know it's an op-ed, so it doesn't have to adhere to certain journalistic standards or even any really. But it's like it's so ridiculously biased to where it's like it it earns opinion piece because it's a really like tanky opinion and 
stupid about I don't know why I use tanky. I, I like tank like sports team. I don't think I used that term properly. I apologize. No, <laughs> no you definitely did not. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that if you want. But nah. what's even like more hilarious is on all of the retweets, like they just got flamed on the Facebook account. They just got flamed. Everyone's like hating on it as they should because it's funny. Like it's a really terrible article. So I'm like, who are you trying to convince? You got a couple people like, oh, they shouldn't waste their money on this. I'm like, but they're not really spending their money on it. Like, they're, yeah. like I, I agree with the blanket statement. As a general rule, governments should not be spending their money on sports teams. Like, general rule, completely agree. But the thing is, this is like, what, 95% all on the Coyotes, however it, it works out, or like 90%, if not a little higher. So it's like, yeah, it, argument the, falls apart, and it's funny. <laughs> so the biggest thing, the biggest, like, money make the money that the the taxpayers are going to lose on is that the coyotes are asking for a little bit of money to remediate the land that's the biggest chunk and it's like 20 or 40 mil something like that um that's a big chunk of money for obviously a uh, a city to put down but at the same time once again it's a landfill this is land that they have to remediate it's not just you can slap a building on top of that land and call it good you know you can't put buildings on top of trash you have to get rid of them uh, ask california and the reason i say that i'm pretty sure i brought this up too and you know i, I say that a, a long time ago but I, I, I say that so often but uh, a long time ago i believe it was california where they put essentially housing community on top of an old landfill earth earthquake came around demolished all the buildings and it's like a perfect grid of where the landfill was and all those houses were destroyed but all the other ones were intact because essentially when the earth shakes you know and you've got garbage under there it's, it's slippy slidey and it'll uh it'll cause some some real bad foundational problems so it's just it's there's a lot wrong with it the article is laughably bad it's i look at it and i'm like you know you're uh, so she's a representative of some kind. I forget what you said her exact title is. Please repeat. I think she's a chairman. Like she's a part of the council, essentially. She's a and that's a an elected position, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like to me, it feels kind of like Lauren Cuby level of like posturing. Like she wasn't even going to be around for the negotiations, but she's like, oh, this question, that question. But when you actually like, break it down, it's like the conversation we're having here is whether or not to negotiate, not whether or not to approve the project. And she's asking questions as if like, we're just approving the project right now, like outright. It's like, it has really big, like I have higher political aspirations energy where it's like, Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I I look like I'm taking a stand or I'm, you know, I look like I'm saying something meaningful when it's like, it's all just laughable. If you actually like look at it and I try to make myself as unbiased as I can, there is a bias regardless, but I try, I put in that effort. I'm like, I look at it, but it's, it's just funny. Because it, it it's really bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's just, it's sad. And then there's the parts about, like, oh, look at what they did to Glendale. You know, Glendale, you, you know, just take a, a hard look at what the Coyotes did to, to Glendale. And it's like, the Coyotes desperately wanted for it to work in Glendale. They signed a 15-year lease with Glendale back in 2013. Two years later, you know... Glendale voids the lease and there was good grounds for a lawsuit to take place by the Coyotes because the grounds in which they voided it were pretty bad faith. You know, there's a reason why. It's a a perfect analogy of kid brings basketball, you know, which basketball is team, 
kid bring b- brings basketball to court and you start playing with him and then you elbow him in the face and he starts crying and wants to leave and you're like well why are you taking the basketball away you know it's like yeah no duh the coyotes wanted to leave glendale and you know while they're on the way out you got glendale <laughs> defecating and throwing it at them <laughs> as they're leaving the basketball court okay and then literally again as it was reported and i know it either this gets ignored or it's like it's just unknown because no one knows how to report the whole story. There was anywhere between a fifteen and twenty year lease like demand Glendale wanted because they didn't they knew the Coyotes were looking to go to the East Valley and they mm-hmm. wanted to like lock them in for as long as possible. They wanted to just be left with that arena. Like they literally like even when they they uh, Gutierrez was talking about the moving to Tempe. You, if you even look at, at his quote, he even said you know they wanted a long term lease. Whenever they first you know announced they were going to end the lease. Gutierrez, like his first comment was, you know, I hope you know that we can go back to the negotiating table because again, this is all just a big stupid negotiating tactic. Because would you want to sign a, a 15, 20 year lease with someone that not only voided your last lease, but also uh, you know it doesn't work and you know it's going to be better spent to go to the East Valley where you can actually turn a profit? So it's like yep. there are so many things wrong with the Glendale analogy. And on top of that, once again, this is all alleged because I couldn't find like any. Uh, like news articles to like back it up, but people that I know that were very close to the uh, spring training facility are like the Dodgers and White Sox only pay like a dollar in rent, and that could be hyperbole. But the fact that they they don't pay very much, and uh, if they try to renegotiate, the Dodgers, who are the big money cow there, would just go somewhere else and probably get a better deal anyway. So it's like the Glendale has a history of not being very good with negotiating. They're pretty bad overall. They're kind of a joke of a city. It's like, yeah, that original investment to keep them there, I can give them credit for that. But, like, everything else has just been, like, laughably bad. And to say, like, Glendale's, like, the like the victim and everything, like, or at least portray it as if, like, oh, you want to, you know, reward this kind of behavior? It's like, so they entered a negotiating tactic. They Hey, we want a five-year lease or whatever. They wanted three to five, whatever it would have ended up being. But they wanted a short-term we do want to get rid of the year by year because it's not working. It's not sustainable. It's not very uh, you know good for security. So let's try to get them to go short. Glendale wanted long. Coyotes very clearly are like we'll just not pay him for a while. And Glendale will be like okay, we'll we'll go back to a short thing. They forgot they're messing with the tax man because they it's a very it's a pretty stupid uh pretty stupid move. But plausible deniability it was a clerical error. Come on now, they <laughs> go ahead and run the money right over because they did have the money. It wasn't because they couldn't afford it. Like you don't go drop off big checks if you don't if you can't cash them. Uh, <laughs> so it's literally that that situation's a lot more gray. And if I don't know, but just because I'm familiar with like how corporate politics works, because it's entertaining to me. But like if you read the statements, you can read between the lines. You can see the evidence. You can see how many reports are consistent with a lot of this. Literally, like it, it was bad faith from Glendale. And you can argue stupid and bad faith from the Coyotes as well. Yeah, there's there's grounds to argue that, but it's just it's yeah. weird to portray it as like black and white. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about? Uh, oh goodness, I can't remember who said this. It's somebody on PHNX. I can't remember. It, it's either Craig or, or Steve Peters, who who mentioned like Glendale when they put out that hit piece for them not paying their taxes. Glendale still had the old address and phone number of the previous ownership of Ice Arizona, right? Like, how are you going to say, oh, they're, they're they're dodging us and and not paying us, 
when you don't even have the right address to send them like the letter saying, hey, you're late, right? Like, I don't know. Just seems real sussy to me that you immediately go to one of the bigger hit piece writers against the Coyotes to immediately start complaining about the lack of tax money that you're getting from them as like some sort of way to muddy the waters against them. But you don't even, you're not even going through like the actual channels to collect that money in good faith because you don't even have the right address. And then, like, you have elected officials writing, like, you know, 14 year old ex, you know, like, like breakup notes or, or midnight texts where you're like trying to get back in an ex or something. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really bad look. And, like, I, I know this, the, you know, slight political commentary, modern politics is bad, but, like, literally, it's, it's such a bad look. Like, hilariously bad. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I just, look, the Coyotes are not, you know, without fault. I've, I criticize them from the start. I have no problem doing that because you should. You should, if you love something or you see something sus, call it out, right? But it, it, I, I don't know how you could draw that conclusion. I don't know how you could, like, write this really stupid article in, like, the worst possible way and how you could, like, call it black and white when there is so many shades of gray. Pretty much, the Coyotes and Glendale were a toxic relationship. They were not an abusive relationship. They were not um, ex-partners abusing Y-partner. It's literally X and Y are a toxic couple that every night throw beer bottles at each other and then... You know, there's a couple holes in the wall or something. Like, it, it was bad from both sides. Like, it, that's what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. We are approaching the one-hour mark. I think we already surpassed it. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about quickly? Talk about, uh... So, remember how, how she said in the article that talks had stalled? Which, just mm-hmm. to potentially calm down any Coyotes fans... And, and potentially ruin the day of, of non-Coyotes fans. It doesn't mean that the talks are over. Negotiations stall all the time. We all knew it was going to be a long process. Contract. It wasn't going to be, you know, a, a one-month thing, right? So yeah. it's like literally, it's, it's stalling out means, okay, we'll call you again in a week. Hey, we'll schedule another meeting in two weeks. Like, we'll take a little bit of time to review everything and come back with new offers. If they say something like, um, are, are getting ready to be, like, terminated or, or they're at, like, a breaking point, that's when you actually should pay attention. Right now, stalled out shouldn't mean much. But with the recent news that uh, Shane Doan is stepping back from the organization, he's still an employee, he's still going to be working with them as much as mm-hmm. he can. And I understand the family aspect. I don't know him personally, so all I can do is look at the publicly available information. I think his daughter also goes to ASU. Uh, Josh is playing for ASU. Gives him more time to spend with his family. Yeah. Completely understandable, and I don't know him personally. There could be something else. But one thing that stuck out to me, and I, I tried to get some context. Um, for, I, I did, nothing ended up really coming of it, but the one response kind of almost solidified the thought going into it, and that's the only thing I'm going to say about any of, of, of that, um, is that Doan's comments after the council meeting of he really hopes this is his last one. Like, you know, he yeah. wants it all to be over. He was exhausted, and I, I think I mentioned it in the video. I, I hope I did, but it's, that stuck out to me. And no matter how happy I was that they were agreeing to negotiate, something about that quote, that statement, just did not leave my head. Like, in terms of, like, noticing it, not like, oh, I'm staying up at night. So then when the news that he's stepping back came out, 
the first thing that came to my mind was that does this like, are the negotiations potentially not going well? Is there potentially more roadblocks? Is there this or that? Because he already looked exhausted of it. And Donor has done any and everything his organization's asked. He's gone above and beyond. He owes no one in this town, on this team, anything. And yet he's still always been willing to do whatever it takes. He saved that entire, what, eight-hour slug of a council meeting. Like, he doesn't owe anyone anything. But my mindset, like, I, I cannot help but be just at least a little panicked. Like, is this a sign that there is potentially something wrong? Is this a sign that, because I, I said it at the council meeting, like, what, or at least I, I think I did? It's one of the biggest reasons why, like, you, we should know that, that there is, the Coyotes are going in the right direction is because Dome came back to the organization. He wouldn't come back if he knew it, it was a crap show. So I'm looking at this like, is there potentially something going on? It, it could just be some family stuff. He could just be a little exhausted of, of this aspect. I know Craig Morgan did specifically mention in an article that, you know, it seems because he's, he's coaching the informal skates that he might want to get more involved with hockey specifically instead of anything else. So it could be a lot of those things. But in the back of my mind, does it have something to do with these negotiations being kind of grueling, with there being a little more, you know, uh, obstacles in the road? Could he just be exhausted of all of it? Is there potentially something to worry about? And even though I don't think it's like a code red or anything, I'm like, I read that headline, all these thoughts go through my head, and I'm like, there, there is something here, regardless if I, I don't have any definitive answers, I don't have any sources, this is just my thoughts, there is something here, and I, I'm a little worried to see what that something is. I hope it's nothing, but I am a little worried to see what it could be. What are your thoughts on, on that whole situation and maybe like my little my like thought process here? So I think there's a mixture of things with Shane Down. Um, I cannot tell you whether... You know, he's taking a step back for personal reasons or he's taking a step back because of the culture in the front office or, or whatever. I, I don't know that. I don't know what's in his head. I have no clue. But if I were to be analytical and intelligent about this, um, personally, he may have bit off more than he can chew. Because uh, remember, I believe he still actively uh, works with, I think, the Players Association. Um he still actively works with them. He's got a lot of things. He's obviously has a personal life. He has a ranch. He has a kid who's in college. He has actually two kids that are in college, I believe. Uh, cause I think his daughter is, uh, something artistic. I think she's a actor or plays. I don't remember, uh, something like that, but she's in college and you know, it might be one of those things where he's looking at, okay, who have I committed my time to, uh, for the longest, right? Well, my kids are pretty important to me. Uh, the NHL Players Association, I've done this for six or seven years or whatever. And the Coyotes, I ultimately only jumped in a couple of years back, right? And don't he forget made... Team Canada. He also GM'd the most recent, like, Team Canada. I think it's the yeah. World Juniors. Like, just so you don't forget, like, there's a lot with Team Canada as well. It's, that's not a insignificant task. Yeah. Like, ultimately, he may be going, okay, I don't really have much free time for my kids. Um, and, you know, as much as I enjoyed being a part of the Coyotes, I'm going to have to step back and, um, 
you know, just be a brand ambassador or whatever. He shows up once a game or, or whatever, you know, um, not once a game. I meant like once, mm-hmm. in, once one game or two games a year. I mean, um, you know, just something small like that. Uh, I, I personally do feel like it's just, he, he probably feels like it's been too much. You know, if they're asking him to come in maybe two, three times a, a week, uh, to sit down in the front office and, throw out ideas or whatever you know they're they're having him do it it might just be like hey i just don't really have the time to do this anymore uh because i remember when they gave him a title it it seemed kind of non nonsensical if i'm going to be honest with you it just kind of seemed like a title that you kind of just make up so that somebody gets in there it's not like anything serious um there could be another aspect there too maybe he's like I really want to be uh, an assistant general manager in the NHL, or maybe I want to push into becoming a general manager in the NHL. You know, if he's seeing that there might not be an opportunity in Arizona, there's there's plenty of, of right, you know, he has the right to go, hey, I'm going to try to become something in the front office of an NHL. Um, I just, I'm not seeing the opportunity here in Arizona. And, you know, he has that right to, step back and do that as well um ultimately if i were a betting man i would say he probably just wants more free time uh i i'd I'd assume that he really realizes that his kids are uh leaving the nest hypothetically speaking and he doesn't want to miss miss their first flight out of the nest right i mean that's a lot more calming than than my little uh worried behind over here but like i really hope that's all it is genuinely uh also like he also could want to get into coaching it could be you know i mean as someone who did six day weeks usually somewhere around like 50 hours a week plus doing youtube as full-time as i possibly could plus trying to like do side projects and stuff like i i know exactly what it feels like to do like bite off way more than you can chew and i'm the kind of idiot that just does it again and again just to see if i can <laughs> but it he also did say stepping back, not stepping down. He also did say he's still, yep. I think uh, Marullo or Gutierrez, one of them, said he's still an employee with the Coyotes, which, yes. So it's like, that's why it isn't like a full, like, red alert. But, like, that makes a lot of sense as well, and I genuinely hope it's all it is. Because, like, if it's what I was thinking, because I still had that weird gut feeling that there could be something, and I genuinely hope I'm wrong. I don't mind being wrong for stuff like this. Uh, it's... I just wish him all the best, and I hope that everything's going smoothly behind the scenes. That's really all I got, because honestly, the Coyotes don't feel the same without Donor. Like, when Donor was gone, and then just straight up, he got screwed over by the organization, screwed over by management, by ownership, it felt weird. It, it was a really weird feeling, like, hey, this is the first game that Don's not playing in. Like, he's not even on the roster, not even in the league. It, yep. It was really weird. It's like, I just, I hope everything's fine and everything gets ironed out or he can spend more time with his kids and then comes right back to the Coyotes, full-time assistant coach slash assistant general manager slash head scout slash Captain Coyote. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I I have no clue. I I mean, ultimately, we're just kind of guessing here. And, um... I, I just know whatever he's doing that he wants that more time for. I hope he's he's happy doing it, you know? 
I'm sad you. though. I'm genuinely sad and a little, a little worried. Anyway, so would you like to take on, on a happier note? Since we are getting around the time, we should be hitting the old dusty trail relatively soon. Uh, do you have any closing like topics? Any last things you want to talk about, or do you want to jump right into that poll that I, I not so subtly alluded to an hour ago? Um, I don't really have anything else, and uh, I know that we're we're approaching some some time here so i say we just hop right into the poll and uh get this over over with what is the poll all right so i thought it'd be funny but i had to like try to reword it a little bit so all right i i didn't want it to sound weird so uh we all got like 42 minutes left eight votes who is the best host oh no because i was hoping to get like a couple funny responses uh, right now, eight votes. Who do you think has the most, and how, and by how much? Like, who, how many votes for who? What What did you say? Sorry, uh, it, it. Who? who oh, uh, who? Who do you think like has the most votes? What do you think the like the number is? It's eight votes total. Who is the best host? Ah. Uh, <laughs> is it just a fifty fifty, or did you put some some zany thing in there? I was gonna put a zany thing. It's just fifty fifty. Only two options: myself and, and Neo. Uh, I feel like you're a better speaker than I, and I, I feel like you, you've had more practice. It's been a little bit since I've brushed up on my my YouTube voice. I I, I think that you're you're the better host. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be humble. I'm gonna pump the tires here and be humble. I think that you're the better host. Uh, by what numbers? There's eight total votes. Okay. How about how about numbers? You said. Yeah. How many votes per? Do you think? I'm thinking a 6-2. I'm thinking 6 Matt, 2 two Richard. All right, so my personal opinion, I actually think it, Richie's the better host, uh, primarily because I think you're a little more like a calmer voice of reason where I fly off the handles and I'm <laughs> uh, really out there. My voice is super annoying. Uh, this, is not for, this is not for pity. This is my actual opinion. My voice is super annoying. I hate how high-pitched it is and... Uh, Richie's got that silky smooth, like almost jazz-like voice. Really cool personality. Smooth jazz. Uh, it's seven to one me. Okay. I have Peter Mueller percentage. I have two responses. My wife said, "Of course, she's biased." No offense, uh, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Nordique's hater said AZ because of his unmatched swagger, and uh, <laughs> I, I quote tweeted, "It's like, hurry up, we're about to record." I see, did not vote, by the way. <laughs> see, I'm I'm the uh, I, I'm the uh, the Jeff Merrick here. You're the the Elliot Friedman. You got the you got the spice, and I'm I'm the uh, the bland. Okay, I keep I keep the blandness here to make it nice and calming. And you come in with the spice, and you ju- you drop the spice into the the recipe from time to time. So what you're saying is, I'm Steve Dangle. If Steve Dangle wasn't trash. That's a that's a spicy take. <laughs> oh no, seriously, I don't like Steve Dangle. I'll say directly to the camera: "You're trash. You're a joke." <laughs> All right. Well, that's a that's an aggressive take right there. I'll give you that one. Uh, do you want want me to leave you off with like a really stupid thing I did before we started recording? Uh, a stupid thing that you did, I will never say no to. All right, so. Uh, I saw a link on Twitter. There are jobs at the Mullet Arena. Okay. I I looked through all the qualifications. I found the one with the lowest qualifications because I don't. I'm not very impressive. I applied for a job. I'm not gonna get it, 
but I thought it'd be funny to make fun of myself for uh, what, what happened? What happens if you end up do? Uh, if I actually do do get it, I am going to have to start off every single video with, I do work for the Mullet Arena, but not for the Coyotes themselves, and uh, technically I get cheaper tickets because I just sneak in, and all, all that weird stuff, but yeah, no, I, I think it would be cool as heck. I would be able to tell my boss, hey boss, even though this job ain't bad, uh, I can go work in an arena called Mullet Arena. I can't turn that down. <laughs> I I'll be honest with you. For some reason, your mic cut out right at the last like the last five seconds of that, so I didn't hear what you said. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I also forgot what I said, but I would say something along the lines okay. of, "I can work in the Mullet Arena." I can't. Oh, you can work in the Mullet. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, for some reason, on my end, it, it's it cut out there, but uh, it, it would be a really cool experience. I'll say that much. Even being like a part of the Ice Crew, right? Like. You know, uh, one of my buddies, actually, I'm going to go into a, a side tangent here, a little side story. <laughs> one of my buddies uh, that I know uh, worked for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, actually, I have two friends. <laughs> I have a cousin and I have a friend who works for ice surfaces in the NHL. I'll, also, I'll tell my cousin shortly after this. But uh, mm-hmm. m- my buddy worked as one of the ice scrapers uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. And he said it was quite a crazy feeling when I could command... Um, NHL players to get the hell out of the way. So he'd be <laughs> scraping along the edge of the uh, benches, and he he's like, one time I told Crosby to get get out of the way. <laughs> he's like, that was an unreal experience. Like, hey Crosby, can you move? <laughs> like, you know. So, uh, yeah, I I I thought that would be like a really cool job if I was going to work anywhere. And luckily for me, ice scraping you only have to go forwards. I don't know how to skate backwards. So that's that's my hot I mean- take. That's a better job than I have. When I worked at the Coyotes Arena, I was parking, then I was guest services. I left, I came back, I was guest services, and at the Cardinal Stadium, I did operations. So I, like, just carried stuff and moved stuff. And that big inflatable, like, Cardinal, I, I, I got to bring that onto the field and move that. That's kind of cool, I guess, if I liked football. That's cool. <laughs> the um, the other one is my cousin. He, uh, he worked for San Jose. I think he just quit like a few years ago. Well, he didn't quit, but he um, he ended up stopping uh, because he wanted to become, I think, an electrician. I want to say is what he's doing That's now. A good career. That's yeah, a good, good career. Good, good, good career for him. Uh, but he was at one point, I think, even a part of the head, the head people for the ice crew. Like he originally started as a scraper, then he became a zamboni driver, and then I think he was as high as like the head ice man. Or at least close to it for uh, San Jose. That's really cool. I also wanted to, like my dad. He's working the arena, so like I got to meet like the the ice guys. Uh, my favorite was Nick. He was a cool dude. I ended up going to Chicago afterward. I'm like, some of those Zamboni drivers are very interesting people. Very, <laughs> yeah, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that's. I think we're gonna call it a wrap there. Would you be yeah. safe to say that? Yeah, that's safe to say. Wish me luck on, on the call I'm not going to get back. And uh, I, 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 you can't see it. Uh, do, you, do you want me to be cringy and move my, my, my uh, camera real quick to just show off the mess behind me as we're, as we're leaving? <laughs> uh, go for it. So uh, I went to a Pokemon tournament last night, and I was trying to fill the deck. And, yeah, there are so many cards just 
oh. everywhere right now. <laughs> I can't wait for uh, what's the doggy's name? Noodle. Noodle. Yes. I can't wait for Noodle to just jump up on there and crease all of those cards. It's so funny. Like she did that for the first like few days. Then she just started either sleeping under my couch or she'll like run in, run out. So like she doesn't even go on the on the couch anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't either. There's a bunch of cards on it. <laughs> There's always trading cards, uh, a, a plush capybara, and my controllers. But she is yeah. the only dog that's allowed to be on the coyote's uh, blanket. Peepee jumped on it. I yelled at her. Only Noodle is allowed on that blanket. <laughs> All right. I have to ask, Noodle, is that just a random name or was that a reference to the gorillas? It was not a reference to the gorillas. So the entire thing was her original name was Thelma. We we couldn't we couldn't keep that. That's that's it's like Cher's original name was was Giovina. It's not good enough. We're moving on to something good. So I liked Nugget because like you look at her and she's like Nugget. But my wife liked Noodle. I also wanted Pringle because it's a Bo Burnham reference and mm-hmm. uh, it, it looks about right. And uh, Noodle ended up winning a Twitter poll. So I'm like, my wife started calling her Noodle before the Twitter poll was over, even though I could have, I could have bought it. But you know, Noodle is now the name, and she looks like a Noodle. That's a good name. I like Noodle. Noodle's a fun name. I'm, I'm, I, I always like fun names versus, uh, like Steve, Bob, Jeff. You know, like. I I will fight you on this. It's a reference in Deadpool 2. The reason I named Todd Todd is because he, he's like, oh, I want my kid to have only one name, like Todd or Cher. So when we got the second dog, that's why I named her Cher. And every time okay. we come over, I'm like, it's a Deadpool 2 reference. Pee-pee was because uh, we named her after a Greek goddess, and she was a stupid puppy, so we kept making fun of her. And I, I think we might have angered a deity, so we just changed it to Pee-pee, and now we just <laughs> yell pee-pee at her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the, the history lesson of the, the doggos. Um, I think that's that's where we're going to call it. I, this is uh, another fun episode. This was the the uh, Nick Cousins episode, will you say? Mm-hmm. Um, remember to give us a like, a follow, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, if you're listening to us audio uh, on the audio, just to let you know, we also do record this and put it up on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube as well if you want to get a visual representation of our dorky faces. You know, you feel free to. to. I have a face for radio. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. Um... <laughs> Damn! <laughs> just kidding. Just That's kidding. Cold. I mean, look, I mean, you're right. A broken clock's right twice a day. But I'm just saying that face for radio, bada bing, bada boom, go away. I, I don't like you. Polly's Polly's out of here. All right. Well, this is uh, the end of this episode. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, we can't wait to see you next week.